0: The Hope FM Breakfast Show, brought to you by Creative Dental Clinic Budapest. Get the dental health you and your mouth deserve. Visit creativedental.eu. That's creative, starting with a K and ending with a V, dentalclinic.eu. Well, my, my next guest, Bryn Harth, is a singer, songwriter, and top performer who's been delighting audiences all over the world with his own unique brand of rock, country, and gospel blues. And he's been doing that for over 40 years. He's going to be rolling in uh, to Bournemouth on Saturday. and But I'm delighted to say he joins me on the phone now. Good morning to you, Bryn.
1: Good morning, Blair
0: so what 's it like up are you up in Lancashire at the moment
1: no no i 'm actually I live in Epsom, which is up on the downs, you know where the race courses, is at derby oh yes so, yeah, up there
0: <laughs> so have you been getting some of this lightning and, and thunder and stuff that we 've been having down south?
1: It's quite dramatic, yes. Yeah. So it started off very black and grey, and uh, my wife was trying to photograph it because it so, we're quite high up here, sure. and she was trying to, phot- trying to photograph the lightning, but kept missing it, so <laughs> had some fun already.
0: Now, obviously, uh, you probably were born with a guitar in your hand. Did you always have, and where did your, your passion for, for music begin?
1: I think it is. Uh, I think my mother. My mother really was very. Uh, she's very musical, and uh, she used to uh, buy a lot of records. And back then it was the fifties, and so there were the big seventy uh, eights, you know. And she used to bring them home and uh, sit us down and play anything from uh, Elgar to Elvis, you know, we we had, and she would really make us sit down and listen to the things, and uh, so we, but she had a very Catholic taste, as it were, she had, uh, she would listen to Little Richard and uh, Elvis and classical music, and so I think from then, from that point, and just being, enjoying music that way, I I, I wanted to play it, and uh, so that led on to, in those days, the guitar was the big instrument, you know, so I was, pestering my parents for a guitar for years. And then I finally got one.
0: And were you, were you self-taught?
1: <laughs> I, well, the, one of the conditions was if, you, if you're going to have a guitar, you've got to learn to play it properly, although you can't have one. So <laughs> they, sent me, they, they basically uh, sent me up to um, the guitar teacher in the town at that time, who was a classical guitarist, actually. And uh, I went up there for a year. Uh, when I was 11 uh, and uh, spent a year up there just uh, learning how to uh, play. But he he was a great influence in the sense, I just wanted to play pop music, but he was classical and, I, and he sat me down and played classical music to me and I went, wow, I didn't know the guitar could do that, you know. And so I was quite enthused and he also taught me to read read music, which was really helpful.
0: And I suppose that would have introduced you to how versatile the guitar actually is.
1: Yes, it, I think I think for me, because I, I mean, I, he was must have been. He looked really old, but he was probably about fifty or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, what's this guy going to show me? And and he sat me down and, and uh, about played the, the the fire dance. It's a classical piece, and it's like sparks were coming off his fingers. And I thought, <laughs> wow. And I just felt the emotion that was coming through the music, and I. And it, that really touched me because I felt that, you know, I could express emotion through through this instrument and through playing music. And that really grabbed
0: me. So at what point then did you decide that this is the life that I want to live? This is going to be, music is going to be my, my career? Well, I...
1: I was able to uh, play in various bands really early on, from about 14 years old, and so I was I was actually out gigging and things like that in working men's clubs when I was 15, 16, uh, uh, which was amazing considering my parents, you know, I was going to school and everything. But um, so uh, when it came to uh, when it was 16, 17, and left school. Um, I just wanted to be in a band. I wanted to make music. And this would be in the mid-60s, so uh, pop music was really happening then, you know, guitar bands. And and so basically I just uh, kind of left home and went down to London on my own. I didn't know anybody, but I knew that uh, London was where it was at for for bands. And uh, I got on the bus at Blackburn and went down to um, the Victoria bus station, which I slept in at night. I used that as my hotel. And then during the day... I would go looking for a gig on Denmark Street and Timpan Alley, they would call it then, Hmm. had all ads, you know, for guitar players or singers and that sort of thing. And so you'd go along for your auditions, then, then hang around in coffee bars and wait. Uh, for the phone call and I mean, eventually I got myself a, a, a job in a band and that was it really I've been playing music ever since
0: Fantastic Now of course then from London you went to California and had the privilege really of playing uh, you know sharing the stage with some big names in music
1: Yeah Yeah we did we we had a g- uh, we had a band called Wolfgang, and it was uh, a two-guitar band with a really good singer and um, good, great musicians in it, and uh, we were managed by a guy called Bill Graham who was a top promoter in those times. He had uh, venues called the Fillmore East and the Fillmore West, and, uh, and Winterland too. He used to do those shows, and so we got to rehearse in these fantastic venues, and we got put on shows with, uh, you know, the Jefferson Airplane, Grateful Dead, and uh, Led Zeppelin, all these people and uh, we really, really cut our teeth in in playing in, in these pretty big venues for those times and with really good bands so yeah it was great.
0: And I suppose that catapulted you uh, both I guess in the States and and here uh, at home in terms of being known, you are on the old grey whistle test and numerous radio and television interviews uh, uh, and so on but it ov- obviously didn't go too much to your head
1: No, no it's just uh, well, I came back from uh, from California and and uh, I'd started writing songs and uh, we went to live in, uh we were living in North Wales at the time and my wife and I and, and I started writing songs and then I knew I knew the bass player uh, from Roxy Music at that time a guy called John Porter and and he was on Island Records and uh, John said well won't you come and play your songs to the A and R man there and, and uh, so I did and I got myself a in 73 with Island Records and uh, so that's how the Old Grey Whistle Test thing happened. Now,
0: 1974 was to be a very significant year for both you and Sally, uh, uh, your wife, because it was then that year that you came to know the, the Lord. Tell us something about how that happened.
1: Well, we moved, we moved down to East Sussex. We live in this cottage and I was waiting for I'd made the first album and I was waiting for it to come out and I was really bored and my wife suggested why don't you start painting, do something different than music? So the first thing I painted was this red and white striped tent with a nice welcoming face on it. I didn't think much <laughs> of it. But we went out for a drive uh, down to Eastbourne and then we came on our way back in the corner of this field, it was a, a place called Halling Light. There was a, a red and white striped tent in the corner. And I said, hey, look, Sal, it's the, it's the one, one I've drawn. It's just like the one I've drawn. And so I th- we, we thought it was a circus. And so we thought, let's go. And so we came in and it turned out to be a gospel meeting. There was a big choir all dressed in matching ties and there was this preacher and everything and and a big banner over the front of the stage with some Jesus' words, which were, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And we, we we sat at the back, you know, we thought, well, we can make a quick escape if we don't like it, you know. But I'd never been to anything like that, and uh, and it was the first time I heard we heard about Jesus, you know, why he come and what he'd done for us, and uh, and. Uh, it, I couldn't understand anything that the preacher was saying because he was using a language, the words like, you know, salvation, redeemed, and...
0: Double Dutch. to you.
1: <laughs> it, it, it was like talking to somebody's into golf, you know, yeah, like yeah. birdies and eagles, you know, what are they talking about, or fishing, you know, they, yeah. have, they have their own language, and I didn't understand it, but I was riveted by this banner over the front of the stage. And I thought, well, I've tried my way for 26 years, and it ain't working, and I was like, Jesus, if you're the way I, even though all my answer questions haven't been answered i don't understand everything i know that i have to take a step of faith and, and uh, so if you're the way i'm coming your way and we we went forward that evening and got prayed for simple sh- simple four-line prayer and went out of that tent and i knew that god was real it was just that that quick for us i knew that he was real that that was home and that's when that was the beginning of getting to know who god really is rather than who I imagined him and it's an ongoing journey really
0: yes and of course your music now very much uh, reflects uh, all of that in fact talking about music why don't we play uh, one of your tracks now the one you've chosen is is keep the faith why this one
1: Basically I grew up in the fifties when radio was a medium you heard music through and we had a portable little radio in our family and I would sneak a torch and the radio into bed at night and listen underneath the sheets <laughs> to the Luxembourg, you know, uh two or three and uh and hear the chart show on Sunday and and uh just you know, and listen to all this music and it was so exciting and I just liked the thing of not knowing what was coming next and uh with radio and I still like radio now. But uh, I think it's about just being staying open and, and uh, in life. But it, it's generally just an encouragement to uh, enjoy, the, enjoy the radio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, let's have a listen to it.
1: OK. Boy, in a town with nothing to do looking for something to take away the small town blues well, I'm going to bed. keep faith keep faith keep faith listen to the radio
0: That's uh, Bryn Harth there with, uh, with Keep the Faith. So, uh, and then, of course, uh, is it 14 gospel albums that you produced so far, Bryn? Uh, it
1: could be. I can't remember, actually. It's probably...
0: <laughs> and, of course, now you, you're, you're touring uh, uh, pretty much uh, all over the place, although I suppose, like everybody else, the, the, the old COVID trials would have put a, a halt to all of that for a little while. But did that give you an opportunity to do more writing?
1: I did. Uh, that's where the new album came from, uh, Ready or Not. I, I was able to just spend a bit more time at home and, and just work on the song. So I think uh, other than, you know, just a, it was a terrible time, but it, it was creatively, it was I was able to do a bit more because we're not traveling so much.
0: Well, of all the shows and the concerts that you, that you do, and obviously you're going to be coming into Bournemouth on on, on Saturday to Saint Mary's Ferndown. But you know, what is it that you, that you really love doing above all the other things that uh, that you do? Is it the live performing?
1: Uh, I do. I like live performing. Yes. I think I I just I just like people. I just like the interaction with people, and it's just really it's just good meeting people and. Uh, uh, you know, I think that's the thing. I, I mean, we do a lot of, of prison work as well, which we're doing over the last thirty years, and so that's really a big feature of our of year. What going to various prisons every, all the time and uh, a meeting with people. But um, I think that's. Uh, I, I think the thing is, you know, God loves people. People matter, and uh, and that's you just get. I think when when you understand how much you're loved and and you've been forgiven and and uh, accepted by God you start to see people and the creation differently and you you get a love for people which um I didn't have before I was just in love with me you know and my life and my focus on me but now because you you start to see people through God's eyes and and you see how valuable people are
0: of course, one of the things that you said about your own conversion when you went along to that gospel tent with Sally—I mean, that the, the language and so on was was well double, double Dutch and so on—but I guess, I mean, as you've travelled, you, you find the same that most people—it's it's not that they so much reject God; it's more that they don't really know who He is and, and what He's done. Would, would that be true to say?
1: It, I think it is. Yes, it, it's, it's that, or else they've had, a, you know, just a very difficult experience with with religion or with church and they've or they've i think a, a lot of people have genuinely prayed about things and god you know haven't had answers and so they've just turned away saying well you know my parent my father died or my mother died and this didn't happen i asked god to do this and he didn't do this and you know so they just turn away from him and and uh but i would always encourage you know because i think as far as prayer goes it um i prayed about Three major prayers from when I was twelve. You know, I remember, Mm. and I didn't get answers. But then, suddenly, after a while, I started getting things. God started to to answer. There was you could call a lot of coincidences happened. (laughs) You know, when I prayed, (laughs) you know, you think which wouldn't have happened if I hadn't prayed, and so I was encouraged to keep going and. so the, uh, I think I, I think, but I, like you say, that there is a lot of uh, people don't understand who Jesus is and what he's done for you know what he's done. And but
0: just I was go to, also, it's it's a great adventure, isn't it? I guess you've you've found that in in all of the things that I mean, we, as you look back, you know, even to the point that you're at today, I, I suppose you're pretty much blown away by some of the things that you've done, the people you've spoken to, and probably never in your wildest dreams imagined that you'd be doing those things and and having those experiences. Is that true to say?
1: It is. I mean, I I would never have have gone. I really love going to prison. You know <laughs> talking to the men and women <laughs> you know this is you know it, it just would not be on my radar at all sure. and, but i just uh, I, after reading matthew 24 and you know the parable of the sheep and the goats where it talks about how i was in prison and you visited me and i thought every time i read that my heart would leap and i'd go oh i'd love to do that then i would talk myself out of it by saying well what would you do you know you don't know anybody in prison besides you're just a singer what would you do and uh and I, I remember every time I, that came up over a period of a couple of years, two or three years, I would get that. And, but I taught myself how I was fit. But then uh, uh, in 89, was it 90, uh, we joined uh, the vineyard, first vineyard church here. And uh, the, it was a very small church setting. It was um, just a, bigger than a house group. And the pastor said, all right, I want you to start the music, get, it, get the trained people to do music by the PA, and start the prison ministry. There you go. (laughs) And I was cornered. You know, I was, I was, I had to do it. And so, you know, God got me in a corner. I think God speaks to you about things over years. And if it's something that He wants you to do, He won't stop speaking to you about it. Will keep coming back and touching you, saying, "What about this? What about this?" And then He gave me the opportunity to do it, and we've been doing it ever since.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and what sort of reaction do you get? prison
1: yeah Uh, well fantastic I think uh, I think because I'm I'm not really I'm not a preacher I'm not very in a sense of formal or religious in 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 my approach to the whole thing but we used tend to do a church service an hour uh, where I'll give uh, some a talk from the from the from the Bible gospel or New Testament Old Testament but uh, and, and pray with lots of prayers at the end for people to come and get prayer. Uh, also worship and a couple of my songs. But I think because it's it's really informal, they can relate to it a, a lot better. And we do see people's lives gradually being changed in there because it's a great place to actually stop and think about your life and your future and what you want to do. So it's a great opportunity to come to faith and start to work out your faith in a very, very difficult place you know to be a christian it's very difficult in prison but um if they can work it out there they can work it out when they get they get outside and so I, I,
0: you know, we love it. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but Sally and myself, we, lo- we love it. Like a duck to water the pair of you. <laughs> a duck to water, <laughs> say. Yeah. Uh, as long as they don't keep you in, Bryn, and then we're not deprived of your music, you know. You're, really, you're, <laughs> you're rolling into Bournemouth on Saturday at St Mary's uh, Ferndown. Uh, so for folk who go, go along to the concert, what, what can they expect?
1: Well, uh, I I do uh, it's some of my own songs, but there'll be there'll be plenty of other songs that people will probably recognise, you know, that from the, from through from the fifties to to now, Lord, that that, that they would uh, they would love they would love to hear, you know, just have fun with, and but uh, I, I it's basically I talk about uh, life, life my life and uh, what. You know how it's been in the beginning and what's going on now how god is working in in our lives now so but generally it's all surrounded i mean it's quite a relaxed time so you can come along there's a break in the middle where you can have a have a break and a drink and so uh, it's a good evening, good, relaxed
0: evening. Yeah. Now, you talked about uh, penning your new album, uh, Ready or Not, during the, 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 the COVID lockdown and so on. And we're going to play uh, I, I Had a Dream from that album in a moment. But, of course, dreams are, are very important to you. It, it, it's been quite an amazing way how God uses dream. Well, you say uh, what happens in those dreams that you have.
1: Well, uh, I've had quite a few... I mean, God has has used dreams a lot in my life to get through to me over the years. In fact, the very first dream that I had really... It was a life-changing dream. I was in California and uh, went to bed one night and had this dream, and all these kind of hurtful memories surfaced, you know, uh, uh, hurt and fear and anger and all this stuff. And when I woke up, I knew I had to come back to England. I'd been away for a few years and get right with my father and uh, my father and i had fallen out a long time ago and uh, we didn't speak or anything but i just knew i had to go home and get right with him and so i left the band that next w- that next week and came back to england and so that was basically from that one dream that was very powerful but i've also had a lot of songs in dreams and when you get a song in a dream it's really quite handy because it's like being in a movie and you hear uh, you hear all the words and the musics and the the riff and things like that they 're real gifts uh, and uh, but the only problem is you you have to get out of bed <laughs> and uh, go downstairs and write the thing down and or mutter into a recorder of some kind and and then go back to bed or else it 'll be gone and so i i 've had like at least half a dozen gifts song gifts like that where the whole thing has just come in a dream. And uh, this next song is is like it's probably the latest one. It's on the new album uh, that that I have. And it's just like a gift. And you just get up in the morning, then you finish them off. But uh, they're pretty much formed.
0: Yeah. Well, Bryn, thank you so much for joining us on the radio today, and and uh, look forward to, to to the concert on on Saturday night, and to hearing a lot more uh, of 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 your music. And I guess some of the stories that you've been sharing here in the radio, you'll be doing more of that on Saturday night as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Bryn, thanks very much. And this is I Had a Dream.